If this is the first time you're listening to the Wealthy Wednesday Show, please remember to subscribe and click on the like button. Are you ready to change your money flow? Would you like to get beyond the six figures that you keep bumping up against? Well, let me tell you, my book, Magical Money Manifestations, is going to help you create money manifestations on autopilot so that you will have more money, more freedom, and more joy in your life. Go to MagicalMoneyManifestations.com to find out more information. Welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday Show. I am your host, Lucy McMonagle. Women are recreating the rules for business, leadership, money, and they are changing the world in the process. Each week, join me for empowering messages and interviews that will inspire, motivate, and transform you. Giving a special shout out to Gordon Weary for creating the custom music that you are listening to now. Now, let's get started. Hey, 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 welcome to another edition of the Wealthy Wednesday Show. This is your host, Lucy McMonagle, and I'm so excited. Today we have Elizabeth Losey, and she's a PhD teacher, author, and channel who speaks to the spiritual entrepreneurs who are called to serve the world at a higher level, yet they cannot seem to make that leap. And as a conscious spiritual entrepreneur listening to this, I understand that you might be at that cusp of this where you want to bring your spiritual gifts into the world, but you might have that, what will I lose everything if I'm truly being seen? And this is where Elizabeth really is an expert because she helps you dissolve those blocks around resources. When I say resources, I mean time, I mean money and the know-how, and she also helps you to dissolve that visibility block so that you can move forward. But let's bring her onto the show so she can tell you more about how she can empower you as a spiritual entrepreneur. Elizabeth, welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday Show. Hi. Well, thank you so much, Lucy, for inviting me. I'm so, so thrilled to be here talking to you today. Thank you. And and I am so excited. You are a professor. You have a PhD. And I left the university seven years ago. So I turned my back on the whole professorship thing to be able to full time work with entrepreneurs and move the world forward, make it a, a place where we shift the consciousness on the planet. So yes, yes. And, and that's a lot of individuals who are bringing out this beautiful stuff. You know, you used to be a professor and you've given all that up so that you can be an oracle, so that you can be a priestess and a mystic midwife. Can you explain a little bit on, you know, seven years ago, you turned your back on that. How did, how did that manifest? How did that happen for you? It was really quick. In retrospect, it was longer, but the, the words, it was the unthinkable thought for me. Both my parents were professors. Mm-hmm. I had literally grown up across the street or next door to a university building. And uh, so the university was my whole life. 
And then in my early 40s, all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm done. And uh, I think the process really started two years before when I connected for the first time with my Akashic Records. And so the first time I went into my records with the woman who eventually became my mentor was May 18th, 2008. And May 15th, 2010 was my last day as a professor. So it actually ended up moving pretty quickly. <laughs> that was. And can you, can you tell us a little bit more about the Akashic Records that you were just mentioning? Sure. Um, Akashic Records, it's so funny. When I first encountered the Akashic Records, I'm like, a what? I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and I was a little pissed off, probably because you know, there was something alchemical going on in my body. Like I was, I was feeling called, but pushing back, you know, <laughs> but Akashic records are uh, this ethereal archive. Um, Akasha in Sanskrit, it means ether. So it's an ethereal archive. Um, some religions call this the book of life or the tree of life in the Judeo-Christian tradition. And that's, that's where all the, everything you've done in your life shows up and then they weigh your soul and you go to heaven or go to hell or purgatory or whatever. Now, my experience of the records is that there is no judgment at all in them. So sorry, dudes of the you know patriarchs. It's not really like that. Um, no judgment whatsoever. And they don't even, the keepers of the Akashic records, they're like these guardians but they're also like the cosmic librarians bringing me the stuff that I then kind of do simultaneous translation or interpretation into words that um, my client understands. These keepers are also, they, they bring me the stuff, but they're also the guardians, uh -huh. the records. And rest assured, everyone has a record. Every date or event has a record. Every and anything you can think of has a record. Sometimes, you know, like if you have a pet, your pet will have a record. But um, things like ants, unless they're someone's pet and they, they've interacted really closely, there's not going to be an individual record for the, you know, billions and billions and billions of ants that are alive on the planet at any given moment. So they have a collective record. But other than that, pretty much any individual thing has a record and you know anyone listening to this program or watching this video will have had many hundreds of lives and so your library of everything if it were actually built in the 3d world might take up the size of a state you know wow <laughs> because wow. every day there's all sorts of stuff happening right all our emotions, all our responses, everything we say, everything we don't say, what we do, what we hold back from doing, how we show up, don't, do we not show up? I mean, all of that is in there. Wow. And, then, and then there are like linked records to other people if you're interacting, right, or thinking about someone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just phenomenally huge. That sounds phenomenally huge. And it, it sounds a little bit complicated in one sense that every, it seems like every single breath is being recorded and not to get any of the audiences paranoid. There's no judgment. It's okay if you're breathing or you're sleeping or you're doing 
interactions with other people, whether you're talking to them, thinking about them, or etc. So how how does this translate into our everyday life? When you found out about your records, okay, so we have this record. We we have all of these experiences recorded. How did that make you change from wanting to be a, a, a tenured professor at the university to bringing mystical magic and power into the world? Again, it wasn't all at once, right? The very first time I got into my records consciously, and I learned later that I'd been in and out of the records all the time. This is why I was a really good judge of character. I can look at someone and just know, like you're a good person, you're a bad person, you're someone I want to talk to, I think I'll stay away, right? Um, And that doesn't mean that I can get into anyone's records without their permission, but things, things that are up front, that people don't necessarily know they're showing, those things are available, right? What, what's out there, yes. that's available. The, the rest of your record, the things you really don't want people knowing about, that's not available. And um, for example, the Nazis tried to crack the records, the Akashic records of the allies during World War II. They couldn't do it. That's right. They put lots of resources Lots and lots of resources, because that was like a lock for them winning the war, right? If they could get into the records and find out like what their plans were and what their weaknesses were, they couldn't, because this is sacred stuff. And there are laws, absolute laws protecting it. Oh, that's very good to know. Yeah. That's, I mean, for the audience, it's very good to know. And so you, you actually got a glimpse on what you're meant to bring into the world because you were able to tap into your own records and you've been in and out of them. And that's helped you really start changing how you wanted to be presented into the world. So you, can you explain a little bit why, why being mystic? Why the legendary self? Can you explain on, you know, these, these names sound really cool, but they're really, they're authentically you and what you're bringing into the world. So can you explain a little bit about that? It's true. Um, you know, so I talk a lot about being mythic um, and showing up on that legendary mythic, or some people say epic. I don't really use the term epic, but the, this beyond the small you, you, right? And Um, you know, the recording date today as we're speaking, you and I, Lucy, is is the mid to late October. The air date will probably be later, but we're in the middle of some really crazy stuff going down and have been for two months, like since that total solar eclipse in August. And Mm -hmm. we're just at the front edge. Like it's not going to get any better. (laughs) It's probably going to get more intense. Right. I I don't mean to put a value on it like better or worse, but it will be more intense. Like the shifts are going to be more challenging. And um, so it's really time for light workers to get over themselves. And, Mm -hmm. um, and the things that we put in place to keep us safe. When I did a lot of research over the end of last year and beginning of this year about legendary self and being mythic, what came through was that so many of the light workers today, people who identify somewhere on the indigo spectrum or are highly sensitive, right? 
healers, etc. We all came in to be the heroes, the legendary heroes and heroines. Most of us are women, by the way, um, <laughs> this time around. Like with all the, the heroes from the last age are like Achilles or Hercules, like they were all men. But mm -hmm. this time it's at least 60% women, probably more like 75 to 80% women. But we came into the world and we're like, we're here to save you. Yeah. And as we were born, no one, I mean, there was no welcoming party, <laughs> no ticker tape parade, sorry. Um, we're putting you in a plastic box now. <laughs> and you don't get to talk to anyone. It's like, oh, I must not have gotten that memo. That, <laughs> you know, this is going to be like, uh, I'm no big deal. So family I just was born into is not terribly mythic, right? I, I don't see their wings, for example. They're not wearing light armor or, you know, carrying a Excalibur, right? So mm -hmm. I had better, in order to fit in and be loved and accepted, I had better throw Excalibur into the lake, you know, make sure no one can trace it back to me, like rub that name off, right? And mm -hmm. clip my own wings, um, I'm not allowed to speak wisdom at the dinner table or in the classroom, right? So I better just you know, bind and gag my mythic self. And we got so good at it as children of hiding this special part of us that made us different and made us feel unlovable that we just plain old forgot that that part of us existed, right? Yes. We just were like, oh, I can't be different because that's scary and dangerous. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, you know, 20, 30, even 40 years later, now we're like, well, but I'm called to do something really amazing in the world. Where did I put that sword? <laughs> right? But still, lots, of, and what I see for lots and lots of clients is that they, they know they're called to something big and they they want to heal the world or shift the world or do something either on a more granular level or on a, or on a global scale they want to do something to change how consciousness is done on the planet but a lot of them are still in the the like apologetic place like oh you know i can't my gifts make me special and different but i better not charge too much for them or I might get, you know, my head chopped off if I really show up in the world <laughs> to the degree that I'm being called to show up. And so um, with being mythic or encountering your legendary self, um, it's, a, it's a no apologies, no excuses thing. It's like, okay, we're done apologizing. We're done making excuses for ourselves because there's nothing wrong with us. <laughs> we thought we were too much, so we became not enough. And that not enoughness is trickled through our lives and our businesses. And it makes us afraid to really hold our truth sword, right? Yes. Really be out there in the world saying, actually, what I do is not worth $5 an hour, right? <laughs> or, or $50 an hour. What I do is worth quite a bit more. And so it's to help people starting to see their own worth, charge with their worth, proclaim their own worth in the world, um, but also because, gee, we're in a world gone mad right now, and it's going to get more and more mad as time goes on, which is perfect because 
that's really calling us powerfully to step in to who we are, step into our mythic selves, our legendary selves, our bigger, more powerful, more courageous, and just bleeping awesome selves, right? <laughs> it's calling us to, to be in our bigness. And my vision for the legendary self is to build this wall of light where legendary heroes and heroines are standing shoulder to shoulder with this, at this wall of light facing injustice and intolerance and all the isms, right? Sexism, ageism, racism, classism, like all of those, and just be standing as a wall of light and saying, enough, we've done it your way for thousands of years mm -hmm. and it's messed up. We're taking over now, thank you. Just not necessarily fighting, just guarding peace and love and justice and tolerance, equality, because the world needs it. The world is in desperate need of having all of us light workers stand up and to hold our torch, hold our sword, to be true to ourselves. And there's so many conscious entrepreneurs that are spiritual that are listening to this, and some of them might be feeling a little bit uneasy on, well, how how do I do that? I, I don't really know other people or I don't believe I know other people. So what's one of the very first steps that a conscious entrepreneur who knows that they're meant to bring more service to the world, more gifts to the world, but they're still stuck on that, I don't know how-ism? I think the first step, really and I'm, of course, more than happy to help anyone move through the process, but, um, you know, even if before contacting me, you want to do this, I think the first step is to sit there and, and see the not enough that people might be feeling about themselves as one side of a coin. Mm. What if their not enoughness is really a too muchness story? Yes. I was too much. I had the wings. I was bigger than everybody else. I, you know, I knew things the adults didn't even know. And that was dangerous because, you know, they with, would withdraw love from me if, if I showed them up. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this really look at that not enoughness to too muchness. Because I'm betting that's You're not really enough. Powerful. story is about being too much at some point. Exactly. And that makes a lot of sense for the, the clients and the individuals and myself is growing up and knowing more than the rest of the people, knowing more than my parents, knowing better and, and shrinking myself down. And mm -hmm. a lot of the clients that I've worked with, they've shrunk themselves down too. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what does this have to do with wealth? You mentioned that, that you help mystical entrepreneurs dissolve the blocks between time, money, and know-how. What does this have to do with money? What does this have to do with being wealthy? Well, and first I just want to buttonhole something, and that is that I'm not saying that we're better than others, because we everyone comes with their own gifts, right? Mm -hmm. But I think so many light workers have been walking around with this I'm not good enough story, and we just need to let go of that, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and so use that, like the two sides of the coin, like not enough too much to start thinking about yourself. Um, and the legendary self-work is about taking you outside of your just your human dimensions, right? And, and using more stuff. But the wealth piece is, you know, when you let go of thinking of yourself as not enough, then it's a whole lot easier to connect with your value. Yes. Right? And if you're not going from a place of, you know, not enough, or not worthy of clients, or not worthy of charging what I'd like to charge, when you let go of that, then you are not holding yourself back, because this is the truth. These blocks that we've had are, we put them in place, which is brilliant, because then we can take them out, <laughs> right? Yes. If someone else blocked us, we wouldn't be able to do anything. But these were self-protective, that we put in place maybe at the age of two, right? Well before we knew what we were doing, but these seemed to our baby selves, our child selves, like the thing that needed to happen, right? To stay safe and not be you know, chucked out in the snow, right? Yes. <laughs> themselves, you know? And so the wealth piece is about like when we find, especially if, you know, these are conscious entrepreneurs, the wealth piece is like when we just let go of these stories that are false about ourselves, that we're not enough or that it's dangerous to be seen in the world in our, in, in our beautiful, brilliant city gifts, right? When we let go of that, then we stop blocking all the goodness coming in, right? All the attention, all the clients, all the income. And that's all. That's true. That's, well, so that's true. how it relates to wealth. And it's also abundance because um, yeah, abundance, when you're not squishing yourself up and you open yourself in order to feel like you can receive, uh -huh. that was another part of it. If you're not good enough, that means you can't, you're, you don't feel like you're worthy of receiving much. So even if people are trying to, I know of people who, who actually have clients, but will say like, oh no, don't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's a receiving issue, right? So yes. um, that opening up for receiving and opening up to be who you are with no excuses and no apology is like, let, you know, letting your freak flag fly, right? And just like, this is who I am. Being the authentic you, moving forward in the world, that's, that's how the cycle continues and enlarges. That's how we can really, you know, expand our presence and influence in the world. Wow. And that's so important to really start letting ourselves, giving ourselves permission to be too much, giving ourselves permission to really go into the world, do of service, and to know our value, to understand our value, and understand that when you refuse to receive from somebody else that wants to give you something, you're doing them a disservice. Mm -hmm. And also, you, you are very well known for dragons. <laughs> I just really love this. I could, can you tell us a little bit more about 
how did you discover dragons and how are you bringing this into the world so that the the spiritual conscious entrepreneurs that are listening to this will will have an understanding on the mystical legends and being heroes and heroines so I said earlier that my parents were also professors, right? That I yes. had always been in a university context. Well, they were um, medievalists and mm -hmm. uh, French medievalists. So dragons and unicorns were always part of my life, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and then, you know, to get my PhD, I kind of had to shut down or pretend. I had to tell myself I was shutting down all the, you know, intuitive magical stuff wasn't true at all that oh, <laughs> I was telling myself that that was true but because um, I did my master's and PhD in Madison Wisconsin which is a totally magical place it is Serena Fox um, you know one of the biggest pagans in the US is just like 20 miles up the road mm -hmm. and um, so yeah, I mean, every full moon, they were drumming circles around the lake that I didn't participate in, but I would hear them. And I would go out and, you know, one night I remember I took some wine because I thought I was going to drink it. I took a wine and a little blanket or beach towel or something. And I poured the wine into a cup. And then before I knew what was going on, I was pouring libations to the four directions under the full moon by the lake on a hill, which turned out to be an Indian burial mound. Um, <laughs> next to for many years but I, and I didn't know what I was doing I had to kind of look it up like why would one pour wine on the ground in four directions mm -hmm. <laughs> and because I was in such a place of like mental focus you know like hmm, everything has to be proved and it wasn't until three or four years after I started um, my professorship that uh, I, I, I had an experience where it just shifted my entire worldview on like the mystical stuff, channeling in particular, just shifted in a second. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this stuff's for real. And, um, and that was in 2001. And, uh, and then I was channeling an entity and, Several years after that, then the same person who was instrumental in shifting me in 2001 introduced me to the records, and um, so the rest is history. So it was, it was in 2001 that I, I had that click that just shifted me from thinking that channeling is just BS made up to manipulate woolly-minded people to, oh my gosh, this stuff's for real, like in a second. Mm. And um, it was truly, I needed to have evidence, right, for me to believe it with all of my training and yes. PhD. You know, I call it my seven-year skeptics boot camp, right? <laughs> because mm -hmm. you, ca you can't get a PhD, a real PhD, without just stripping away all the conjecture. You have to prove everything. And so this was, this was a proof. And after that, I'm like, okay, I can go. I can go with this because I've had my proof. So there it is. Now we, now we move from, from this point on. But wow. uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, and I forgot why we were talking about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about this because you were explaining on your 
dragon power channeling in to tell us a little bit more about the dragons and how you discovered them and started to get knowing about them. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, I have been playing with dragons a lot and especially over the last several years. And um, the being mythic and legendary self just landed boom three days before um, Donald Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. And I was walking out of a priestess temple. And as soon as my feet hit the grass, I was in Hawaii. As soon as my feet hit the grass, it was like, boom, total download of this program. And I knew I had to put it out right away. I didn't know why. And because, you know, it was unthinkable that he would be elected. And then three days later, he was elected. And, um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's why then. Because um, the light workers really need to, like, step up their game mm-hmm. now. And, um, And then I didn't right away because I was kind of jet lagged because there were five hours difference between where I live in Atlanta and the big island of Hawaii. And then it was Thanksgiving vacation. And so I'm like, oh, well, I'll put it out in a few days. Well, then I got in a massive car crash. Someone rear-ended me. It was a total, you know, divine assignment, right? (laughs) I needed to be whacked upside the head. Like, hey, you said you were going to do this and you didn't. So, So I put it out. And over the course of this past year, I've also been looking at mythic allies, right? If we're going to be living as our mythic selves, what kind of mythic allies are we going to be bringing in to help us? Uh-huh. Um, I, I used to teach a lot of classes on crystals. And um, I always, whenever I teach a class, I always do at least one class meeting, channeling from the Akashic Records of the topic. Uh-huh. So a couple years ago, I channeled, I was teaching this crystals class, um, Crystal Crush. And um, somebody asked a question in the records, and the answer was, well, crystals have kind of come through the dimensions to be allies for humans in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right? That especially in the West, you know, in other parts of the world, like aboriginals have been using crystals, you know, for since before there was memory, right, forever for them. But in the West, crystals weren't really a part of everyday, like, energy management, right? And so what the record said was that the crystals had come through first and really kind of materialized where a lot of people in the West especially could see them and feel them and work with them and trust them as allies, you know, to help them you know, do their work, right? Mm-hmm. Now we say that carnelian is a great stone for entrepreneurs because it helps us do what needs to be done, right? Yes. We don't necessarily want to do bookkeeping or we don't necessarily want to do, you know, clean up our inboxes or whatever, but this, this stone can fire us up and help us do what needs to be done. And so lots of crystals you know, I have a whole bunch of information about crystals for entrepreneurs, but crystals were coming through first and then dragons were right behind them. This was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I started to think about dragons. I'm like, hmm, I love dragons. <laughs> I've been working with dragons a lot. And then, of course, we've seen in the last five years or so, we've seen so much stuff with dragons. Like I, I have a daughter. She's 11 now. And, and she's a girl, of course. So dragons, are, I often go to the boys' section to buy her dragon PJs, 
right? The jammies with the dragons on them because she loves dragons, right? Lots of kids love dragons. Seems like boy clothes can only have dinosaurs, dragons, or monsters. Like those are the three themes that boy clothes have, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be like t-shirts or something or pajamas. Um, but so we've seen lots and lots of dragons everywhere. Yes. You see dragons everywhere. And then now for the last year or so, unicorns are everywhere. And so I'm actually looking at a unicorn on my opposite wall right now because <laughs> mm -hmm. I've got a big lady in the unicorn poster on my wall, which actually comes out of my parents' office from way, way back. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by mythical allies. And um, so working, working with these interdimensional assistants, mm -hmm. and I've been developing a program on, on mythic allies, and I thought that I would be doing a unit on mermaids as well, people, and then I went to talk to them. And they were so not interested in partnering with humans. <laughs> I was surprised. I'm like, what? No, I love mermaids. And they're like, they were really angry. They would cross their arms and turn their backs. And when I asked them why, it was like accusing fingers pointing at the great coral reef. They're like, you have been messing up the water. We are not working with you. <laughs> like, you need to get your act together before we're even going to talk to you. So I'm like, okay. Um, but yes, dragons, um, the first thing coming up in, in my program is, is dragons. So dragons to use dragon to really partner with dragons and dragon energies. I know you said that you have a couple of dragons yes. um, but to really get granular with them, to have conversations with them about, okay, like I know I'm showing up with dragon energy in these situations, but I'm identifying these other situations in which I could probably use more dragon energy, mm -hmm. right? In my business. Maybe someone isn't paying me like they should, right? And they keep kind of putting off paying. And maybe it's my fault that I wasn't more of a dragon at the beginning saying, you know, if you don't pay me, you don't get the service or the product or whatever it is. But I let it slide and now I'm in a place where I'm not being paid. So that's when the dragon energy comes in and just says, look, dragons are very focused. They also have an incredible eye that doesn't let anything past them, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they just, they're not interested in arguments. They, they just want people to be in alignment, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And so using dragon energy in that instance is going to be really useful. Yes. Like if I find myself in that position, I can say, oh, well, it would have been best if I had employed more dragon energy at the front, right? Because then I wouldn't be here now. But let me, let me start using it now, right? Or dragons ha are great at finding treasure. So if you identify your treasure as new clients or new lovers or friends or communities, ask your dragon to go find it for you. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And you have the dragon power channeling. 
Can you tell us a little bit more on the individuals that are exploring their legendary and mystic selves on, on this, this free gift that you have for us and how they can access it? Well, so um, a little while back, I did um, a call on partnering with Dragon, and um, I just kind of cut out the channeling part of that call where I got into the records of partnering with Dragon, and I plopped it into a free gift for all of the people who are watching or listening who are interested in pursuing um, working with Dragon. And so there were a number of questions uh, during the channeling, I think the channeling itself was maybe 30 minutes. I'll have to double check. But so it's not a super short thing, but it's not incredibly long either. Um, and the channeling really shifted a lot of things for people. I heard from one woman afterwards that she had then had a visit from Dragon. She had been kind of wary of dragon in the past. She's like, I don't know if I'm a dragon person really, because I'm, you know, more like fairy stuff. And she had this huge encounter with dragon in which it was a conversation and dragon let her know that she was protected and it was safe for her to, to show up in a fiery and more, not necessarily aggressive, but holding her boundaries kind of way. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the course of this, um, uh, the dragon gave her something to wear on a um, on a necklace, on a, as a pendant, mm -hmm. uh, to as a reminder, right of their partnership. And you know, that's why I do what I do, right? I I want to connect people to the resources that they need. She clearly needed to be connected to dragon. Yes, absolutely. And people can get that on your website, which is. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Losey.com. And then it's slash dragon dash power dash free dash gift. That's correct. Slash, so, yes, yeah, slash. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's Elizabeth Losey.com slash dragon dash power dash free dash gift. So make sure you get your free gift if you're listening to this. And even if you're not sure if you're a dragon person, even if you're not even sure if you're a mystical entrepreneur or a conscious entrepreneur or a spiritual one, see what this has to say for you. It might shift your entire reality in a dime. Well, and I'd say that if you're watching or listening now, there's a reason, right? No, there are no coincidences. Absolutely, absolutely. Elizabeth, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal interview with you, and we're just about ready to wrap this up. Can you give any last tips that you would like to tell our audience before we say our farewells? Well, I would say that, again, if you feel like you have been operating from a place of unworthiness or not enoughness that you've kind of built this rampart around yourself like oh I can't get bigger than this or I'll never be able to leave my nine-to-five job to, to do the work I feel called to do in the world really look at where you might be finding yourself not enough 
And does that really come from a sense of protecting yourself from being too much? Mm-hmm. Right? When we're little, everything is kind of black and white. And, yes. and this stuff can be healed. Also, um, you know, if you're on my website looking at the free dragon call gift, um, there's lots of other stuff in there. I've got lots of free channeling, so you can really kind of get used to what Akashic records feel like because they are different. This is, you know, you're in a totally different dimension when we're in the channeling space. And even though you might not be there live, it still is quite, you'll be affected. So be sure to um, drink lots of water and get grounded before driving when you listen to these calls. Because I I wouldn't want anyone to, you know, not see a stop sign or something. Yes, that's true. (laughs) That's very important. So make sure you drink lots of water, be grounded before you get into the car, and maybe not listen to them when you're driving. I did that a lot when I was, you know, between when I discovered Akashic Records and because I lived in Kansas at the time, which is where I was a professor. And Mm-hmm. As I had lots of miles to go, like, <laughs> you know, we had, we had a movie cinema in town. If I wanted to see any foreign film, it was, you know, a 75 mile trip each way. Wow. Or if I wanted, you know, Indian food or Japanese food or any kind of interesting food mm-hmm. or a co-op or anything, it was 75 miles. And if I wanted to go, you know, to a mall, it was 60 miles or, you know, a specific store, it was 100 miles each way. <laughs> and so there were lots and lots of miles that I put on my car. And so I like to listen to these things. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, nothing ever happened. But oh, I just good. want people to know that, you know, it, you're always at choice. Yes. I would feel better making sure I say to you, be careful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. This has been phenomenal, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank so you for bringing your mystical, legendary self out into the world so that other entrepreneurs, other individuals that are led to be more, to give more, to have more, are actually stepping up to the plate too because they see that you are doing it and you are giving permission to everybody else to also do it, as I am too. So thank you for being on the Wealthy Wednesday show. Thank you for having me. It's been such an honor. So grateful. And I'd love to hear from anybody who, you know, was pinged by anything that happened on today's call. So thank you very much. Absolutely. I would like to thank my audience. You are the reason why I am putting together the Wealthy Wednesday show every single week. I have incredible guests that are helping you unpack your spiritual gifts who are helping you understand that you can truly be your mystic self and that you can truly empower your family, your people that you hang out with, and you can empower the world by being you, the real you, not the hidden you that you may have grown up with. And if you want to tap into more magic in your life and you want to have more freedom, more money, and more joy, make sure you check out my new Amazon book, Magical Money Manifestation, on Amazon and get your book. Inside the book, I have incredible tips and strategies to help you tap into your magical self. It is encoded 
with high vibrational words that will unlock your secrets inside of you. And on top of that, you will be able to log into my website and get free gifts as a bonus in addition to the book. So my name is Lucy McMonagle. This has been a pleasure. And until next time, abundant blessings. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Wednesday Show. This is your host, Lucy McMonagle. I am the mystic wealth creator, a mentor for conscious women entrepreneurs, helping them create more freedom in their business through conscious wealth creation. I would love to extend to you a free gift. And all you need to do is go to my website at lucymcmonocle.com that's l-u-c-i-m-c-m-o-n-a-g-l-e.com to get your free gift so until next time abundant blessings